ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, uh, uh, people on all points of the gender spectrum, let me present to you Douglas Harvey, not only the newest member of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, but also the writer and performer of the one-man show, The Time Traveler's Guide to the Present. Um, I guess the first question I have to ask is, are we in the darkest timeline? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm worried that we are currently. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 671, Doug the Time Traveler. Doug Harvey, Chad Yarish, and I just closed our three-performance run of Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel at the Spreckles Performing Arts Center in Rohnert Park, California. And while Chad and I now get a few weeks break from performing, Doug is performing the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged revised in the next few weeks in Elmira, New York, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and East Lansing, Michigan, before joining Chad and I for the international premiere of Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel in Israel next month. And if that didn't make Doug busy enough, in the middle of all this, I sat down with him and his Stratocaster to talk about how he got started as an actor, how he joined the Reduce Shakespeare Company, and how he created his award-winning one-man show, The Time Traveler's Guide to the Present. We'll talk in a second about how you sort of, your origin story about how you joined the Reduce Shakespeare Company, but, but, but the fact that you joined us was terrific. And then to discover that you have written a show about time travel, which is such a I'm such a fan of time. I'm such a sucker for time travel stories. Um, it's 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 really very very cool. What what started you on? What, uh, why did you start? Why did you write the show? Uh, well, I love astronomy was one thing, and really? I um, oh, and that's your day gig, yeah, isn't it? Is, it? it is. So uh, another member of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, Michael Faulkner, and I work at Griffith Observatory as planetarium lecturers, mm-hmm. and so we spend a lot of time under a domed canopy where we're projecting stars on the ceiling and describing what you can see in the nighttime sky. And so it's fair to say. Nerd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. Good, <laughs> well, good. specifically, uh, outer space nerd. So, a nerd with my head even in the stratosphere outside of the clouds. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I've always loved that. And um, my one of my first movies I remember growing up watching was Back to the Future. And um, yeah, I obviously connected to Michael J. Fox because I'm also five foot four and um, so <laughs> dripping wet. <laughs> um, and I just loved. I I loved that there was sort of a Jack and the Beanstalk element to that to that story where. You know, it's it's classic. It's it's the hunt for the golden fleece too, and. I always sort of dreamed that that would be my life in some way. That they, they some would, sort of quest? Yeah, yeah, some sort of mystical quest, yeah, you know. And, yeah. and and time is such an amazing aspect of that because if you really get deep into the astronomy of stuff, time bends in strange and mysterious ways. Then oh. the more the more out there you get with it, right? With black right. holes and wormholes right. and all that good stuff. So um, it was a it was a natural thing for me. It was like, well, if I'm going to write a one man show, I mean, <laughs> you know, like you have to have something that's not just about you, you know, and because you 
have to have something universal. And, and so the goal, the, 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 the original impetus was I should write a one man show. I should show myself off. I'm an actor. Yeah, you studied, yeah. you studied in NYU Tisch, right? I did. That's right. BFA. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So, so it started off commercial as, as a, as an act of commerce, yes. but you were trying to figure out, well, what do we, how do I, how do I make it artistic as well? Yes. And, and I think the other thing that appealed to me about this was I, I didn't see a lot of shows. I, I hadn't seen a lot of shows that incorporate science in an interesting way to me too. And I, I wanted to bridge the gap between art and science in, in a way that I found compelling. And, and I think there is some real drama in science that, yeah. that is unexplored. So uh, yeah. that really appealed to me too. We've talked about that on the podcast is that it's one thing that, that theater doesn't do enough of, which is weird because it can do it so well, is, is that kind of genre material, yeah. sci-fi and yeah. horror specifically. Um, um, and, and we've also talked on the podcast about how time travel, I always find time travel is at, is fun, our fundam- time travel stories are fundamentally Romances. Yes, and I, I agree with that. And I didn't actually discover that until you know draft six of this thing. But oh, yeah. you know, I because yeah, and not necessarily love stories. No, no, and in, in, indeed not. I mean, it, it, a lot of the theme of this play was uh, you know love thyself, like you, you're enough, you know, and right. and that's how you that's how you end up in a, in a genuine relationship with, with with people around you that that you know and love and care about is that you you've done you've taken the time to, to care about yourself in the cosmos too a little bit and. Yeah. Um, so there was a discovery of that. I think that was something that took me my 20s to discover, really. So Well, and I only read it. You were nice enough to give, to give me the script. And so I've only read the piece. And so I, I, I remember one of my interactions being, really? Are you sure there's just one actor in this? Because the way you jump back and forth between characters was seemed like, wow, that's a real... I wish I could see it. But, um, but that's, that seems to be part of, again, what we do, what the theater does best, the theatricality of one person jumping from character to character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was that, and, and there is another aspect of, like, it, it's totally played into the time travel aspect of, right, if you, if you are able to jump time, then you uh, you should jump characters, too, and to, to right. uh, change time and place, and um, so there there's an element of schizophrenia we do in the, the, the theater anyway, and so that's that's the ultimate time travel story, right, is you, if you feel like you're in multiverses as a, yeah. as a human in yeah. some way, if you feel like you're you're fragmented, how do you become whole and grounded again? And so I think in some ways it was discovery of that for me too, of like how how do you uh, play twelve interesting people at once and keep that keep that grounded in some way? Well, yeah, and 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 this is a theme that I I love and is current currently fueling two projects that I'm working on, one reduced and one not. <laughs> um, it, the the idea that the true time machine is a theater, the building, yeah. the building that the theater is in, where people gather to go anywhere in time or space, yeah. you know, together, and we believe it, so it's real, yes. you know. That seems to be that seems to be the closest, in, to my way of thinking, to to actual time travel. Indeed, and I thought what was what was easy and an easy choice for us to make with this show was to have the stage be relatively bare, and we basically cast the space as this is the headquarters for, you know, where the time machine first originated. And you guys are a part of the team that created this time machine. So, um, we really wanted to break the fourth wall and have the audience feel like they were members of what we called the STC, which was the society of temporal cosmopolites. Duh. Uh, Yeah. Right. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) So (laughs) I want one of the t-shirts by the way, uh, the coming soon. Um, 
but yeah, we, um, yeah, we, we were really delighted by how people took to that. It felt like, you know, it was a great sort of marketing ploy too, to be like, okay, you know, like our time travel flight begins at 4.45, don't be late for it, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and, um, Oh my God, now it's a Disney ride. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. there was an element of that. I, I, I wanted to make sure too, if I was going to do one man show, there was adventure to it because, um, you know, I, I've seen productions in the past where maybe there wasn't enough adventure. I felt like it was too talky and we didn't, weren't going en- enough places. And yeah. I really wanted to take people on a journey. And I think that's, as you're saying, the best theater does that, right? You go, you jump from time to place. And, um, and that's why we do it. Well, and you talked about bending time, and uh, and I see that you've got a very cool setup right ah, here yeah. with a Fender amp and guitar and a bunch of cables. Are you Stratocaster. Are, yeah. a Stratocaster? Are you literally bending notes? Well, we do. We, there is there is one section where we do a little bit of. A little of that because uh, something happens to the traveler in the show, which is uh, a scientific thing, really, called spaghettification. Uh, and it's. Uh, it, yeah, we've all heard about that. Rest- you know, we're not idiots here, Doug. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you, um, as you approach uh, a black hole, basically, uh, you start to get. Uh, pulled out like a string because mm-hmm. if you're falling feet first your your feet feel so much more gravity than your head does and so you start to get spaghettified and turned into a string and um i just thought there was something really cool about how that might work musically too um and um so i, I had sort of, sort of the bendy moments in my in my music and um uh, yeah, for spaghettification specifically, but throughout the show, I wanted to build this sort of sense of dread and, and a little bit of, um, y- you know, like, um, uh, twilight zone feel to it. Nice. Um, where, yeah, there's, there's something underscoring it and there's, there's a callback to the, these refrains come just from one guitar. So it's sort of the one source. Um, but then you have many voices, just like you would have one fragmented character, right? Oh my God, and echoes, and and yeah. times, and time overlapping, and so how does that how does that work musically? Yeah, good. Well, I, I so one of the first tracks I do, um, we have like we have a, basically a flight that we go on, and the astronomers describing the mission that's about to happen, and the travelers getting inside the ship called the Leap Year. Um, <laughs> nice, and uh, which is actually my birthday in real life. So that that was what I was inspired by. But well, well, you really are the youngest actor we've ever worked with. <laughs> Indeed. Seven and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, basically I, I hit my looper pedal and I start my opening or my track for that, which, uh, for the, for the time flight sounds like this. Something like that. And now that's just playing and you're about to play something else. That's right. I'm not playing yet. So. Yeah. So then we, we, we wait for that to loop back around, and another track comes in. And you click a button, and now we're hearing both of those tracks, and you're not playing I'm anything. I'm not playing at all. Now my hands are free at the yeah. moment. Um, and are you talking over this? So I, I'll do the, these little um, sort of entrances into like this is this is us starting the ship basically, okay, yeah. and then the the onboard computer is talking as sure. this is going. So I play the onboard computer, and he'll say something like, you know, uh, um, "Welcome aboard the Leap Year. By now you've stowed your carry-on baggage underneath the seat in front of you or in the overhead bin. Now for takeoff, please put your seat back upright and lock your tray table in place. I'm just kidding. You don't have a tray table." Thank you. 
couple of harmonizing triads, and he continues on, and we start to the, the engine starts to come in, which is like a. Travel through time, baby. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. That is so cool. And then this, and this is so the audience is seeing not only an it's not only one man show. You're a one man band, right? Well, this, so this is something to consider. We, you know, we thought if we were going to expand the show, we might we might have a you know a few people playing instead of just one person. But there was a, a pretty cool aspect of if I'm going to play tons of characters, well, I can be my own drummer and yeah. I can be my own bassist and yeah. I can be my own guitarist. And yeah. um, you know, what's cool is that it stays as long as you keep that loop going. So um, you know, you're you're bound to that original track that you made. Right. Um, well, and 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 what's more special? Uh, watching the writer perform this because he's the only one who can do it, or making it so easy that a that any kind of number of group of actors can do it. I, right? Yeah, you know I what know, I mean? There, you want there to be a universality to it for sure, and you want you want people to connect to it, and you want other performers to want to do it, I suppose too. Um, but I did also want to showcase my skills, you know, and 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 my knowledge of astronomy, and and tie that into one story. So that was a, that was a big part of it for me too. Hi, I'm Nicole Galland, author of the novels I, Iago and The Rise and Fall of Dodo, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin, and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our fall of 2019 tour of the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged and revised, continues this weekend in Elmira, New York, then continues on with performances in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, East Lansing, Michigan for two nights, and Branchburg, New Jersey. We'll also perform the ultimate Christmas. Christmas show abridged on December 14th in Pontiac, Michigan, and for three nights from December 20th to the 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona, and we will perform the international premiere of Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel, next month as part of the Tel Aviv Festival in Israel, with performances in Jerusalem, Haifa, and two performances in Tel Aviv. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Doug Harvey, the newest member of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. So now let's talk about your origin story with the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Um, uh, how, how, how did you join us? You've worked with Michael Faulkner at, at, at Santa, Shakespeare Santa Cruz? Uh, not at Shakespeare Santa Cruz. We worked together on some um, children's theater together, actually, oh. uh, in Rancho Cucamonga at this wonderful place called the Lewis Family Playhouse Main Street Theater Company out there. And we did a few um, a few productions there together. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I had seen him perform some Shakespeare at Kingsman Shakespeare and... Mm. Um, 
Uh, and then as I was driving up to the Bay Area to be with my family, because we're both Bay Area boys originally. You, uh, all three of us actually yeah, are, in yeah. fact. Yeah. Right. That's another weird connection <laughs> we have, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. I, I was coming up, uh, driving up five, and uh, Michael texted me and said, hey, Reduced is in Livermore right now doing the Ultimate Christmas Show abridged. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking for people to, to join the company for Complete Works, and um, you know I think you'd be great. And uh, you know, I'm trying not to read my texts while driving 75 miles an hour up there, but, but, you know, I'm excited about it. And, um, I said, well, I don't even have my headshot and resume with me. I, 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 you know, I guess I'll just cruise into Livermore and, uh, let my family know I'm gonna be a little late. And sure enough, you guys were there. And, um, well, and what was the piece that you did? I did Dogberry for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Dogberry. Well, and, and I'm, I'm a huge, much ado fan. I've directed a couple of times. And what I loved about your Dogberry is that yes, he's a Shakespeare clown, but you played him so Seriously, and so earnestly, and so intelligently, too. Um, you know, it's like, and read, you walked out of the room, and Reed and I went, Well, that's obvious. Yes, we need this guy. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, my, so Michael actually coached me in that, if I remember. Yeah, right. yeah. He did. And, um, and one of the things we talked about was that, yeah, of course, I mean, of course he's serious. And also, it's funnier if he's smart, right? Because, you know, he doesn't know that he's saying these malapropisms. You know, it's, yeah. he's just, he's really intent about doing his job. And yeah. I think any good clown is right that you got to you got to focus on on what your task is and if it's if there's something impeding that you know you just make that a little bigger and um you gave me a great note in the room i remember which was like okay i loved it but you know go ahead and and uh, what if he ha- what if he has to go to the bathroom and i was like well obviously he has to go to the bathroom while he's trying to do this right <laughs> there's been no question so uh so then it you know it played 15 seconds faster and next thing we knew we, we had a dog bear we loved right so well, and uh, that's from a director that i worked with named jessica Thebus uh, from Chicago, who just said, you know, there's pretty much every scene ever written can be improved by either the character or the actor needing to get off stage to pee. <laughs> yeah, uh, that certainly certainly was true for Smart Dogberry. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's weird too because we had this the other connection that we had that we didn't discover until sort of weeks or months later was that you, we both grew up in the same town of Piedmont, California. That's right. Um, yeah, we didn't uh, several decades apart. It must be stressed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you're an East Bay boy who decided to become an actor and went back and got your BFA at, at NYU. NYU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew I grew up seeing Bay Area Theater, though, and that was wonderful, you know, yeah. to, to be able to go to Cal Shakes and, and go to ACT and uh, grow up with that tradition, and then uh, to, to go to New York after that and, and always sort of have the California in my heart and want, want to come back here, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. it's Well, yeah, that's the thing. We um, um, Even on the West Coast, it's better to have gone back to the East Coast, and then you come back to the West Coast. Oh, well, he's worked on the East Coast. He <laughs> yeah. must be fantastic. Suddenly a boon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also had family on the East Coast, so it wasn't, it wasn't crazy for me to go out there, but I, I, I loved it there, and I, 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 but I always, I always felt like, yeah, this is my place. Yeah. And, and so moving, so you live in LA now, yeah. and that's because it's, the, it's an industry town, but it's also California, and it's yeah. a California industry town. Yeah, exactly, and, there, and there's so much to do there. I think, you know, you, you, you can do theater there, and you can do you can do voiceover and you can do film and TV and, and there's there's a lot of variety and options and yeah. I, I like having it all available. So what have you noticed about working with us so far? Because you've only I mean really we you've only worked no that's right you've toured you toured with the Complete Works mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, done a couple of performances there and and now we've been rehearsing for Hamlet's Big Adventure uh, a prequel for like literally. 
literally a week or 12 days yes. or 10 days. Yeah. Um, um, what's that been like to work on something like this? I mean, I, clearly it's material. Well, I can tell you from rehearsal, it's clearly material you're comfortable with. And it's apps. All of this is absolutely in your wheelhouse because we make a suggestion to you and you just sort of run with it. We don't need to explain it. We don't need to talk about it. You just kind of get it. Well, I, I love that way of working. It's really collaborative. You know, I've noticed is that, you know, we're, we're all kind of directing each other a little bit. A little and, bit. And, and, and and that's fun, you know, because it takes the pressure off, you yeah. know, and, and you can just kind of like, oh, that choice worked or that choice didn't work. Let's let's move. Let's let let's enjoy it. And then like, OK, maybe we cut it because like it's just an inside joke or yeah. it's a joke that, oh, the, the audience will love this and let's try it. This we may not know until we get audiences. Right. Um, but it, it, it's really fun working the minutiae and then seeing the big picture of that and be like, oh, that really works now. And um, so, I, yeah, I, I love just I, I love that we were able to just sort of leave to our feet, even though we had the power outage and all that good stuff. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think just the playing of it and, 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 and being able to be collaborative in that process has been really special. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your alternate universe you via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Harvey Actor. Thanks, as always, to Temporal Investigations agent Matthew Croak, Web Surfaces by Ginger Power Limited, and Music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Heather M. Collins. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Nicole Galland, author of the novels I, Iago, and The Rise and Fall of Dodo, as well as Dodo's upcoming sequel. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 671-2013ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Well, you're a time traveler. You know how this production turns out. Uh, what, what's, good, what's, the, what's the prediction? What's going to happen? I think we will go to Israel next month. Um, maybe, perhaps. Um, in, the, in our current timeline, yeah, yes. In, no. in this timeline, hopefully, uh, yes. Uh, no, no, I mean, I, 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 I foresee um, big adventures for Hamlet's big adventure. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less.